My next guest this afternoon is David McLennan, Meredith College political science professor. Lots of uh, various national topics to talk about that everyone seems to be uh, discussing around the kitchen table. Uh, David, thanks for being on the show. Oh, well, Nate, always good to be on the show. First, uh, and the kind of the biggest thing, it looks like we can finally breathe a sigh of relief about the debt ceiling. Yeah, they hung on to the very end until they both chambers passed that bill. And there was a little drama this week, but it passed both chambers relatively comfortly, uh, comfortably. That, well, earlier in the show, I had uh, Morrisville Town Councilman Steve Rao on, and he brought up a decent point that uh, I feel like a lot of people think, which is it, it feels like every few years we get to the situation where all of a sudden we need to make some sort of a budget decision or else we'll uh, you know, close down our government or we won't be able to pay our debts to other countries. Uh, is it a situation where these politicians in D.C. know that this is going to come and they just choose to ignore it until the last second? Well, I think there's a lot of posturing that goes on. I mean, both sides leading up to a debt ceiling or a budget uh, situation are trying to blame the other side for whatever they perceive as the problem. But ultimately, they decide to pass whatever they're passing, in this case, a debt ceiling uh, law uh, at the last minute. I mean, it certainly gives us a lot to talk about, and it puts a lot of people in a state of frenzy. But I think that's the new normal in politics is that whether it's the debt ceiling uh, kind of bill that goes through or many other things that we've seen done at the very last minute, I I just don't think it's um, a healthy way to govern, but it is the way we seem to approach governance now. I've read that there are a group of Republicans over in Washington who are not necessarily happy with this deal. Well... You know, again, people on the right and on the far left did not vote in favor of this particular bill, and they're not happy. I mean, that's the nature of compromise, and since that's not a normal situation in Washington anymore, um, we sometimes forget that compromise means that both sides have to give up something. And so the extreme conservatives think this is just kicking the can down the road on the debt, and the extreme left think that Biden gave up too much in terms of the SNAP program or any number of other things. Something else is at the top of news headlines right now surrounding our former president, Donald Trump, who, as we all know, is running again for president, uh, even though he has indictments against him and some uh, other things being investigated. We now have an audio recording that seems to have him say that he had a classified document at his home. Yeah, and that's certainly if Jack Smith is inclined to indict the president for um, either obstruction or any number of other things related to the documents, would seem to be more evidence. But, you know, it seems like every couple of weeks we find out new information about the Mar-a-Lago situation, yet uh, we've seen no indictment. So I, I know that um, the special counsel is taking his time and making sure all the I's are not in the T's or crossed. Uh, But if he decides to go to trial, this could be a very um, damning piece of evidence. Do you think his voter base necessarily cares about where these court cases go either way? You know, not yet. I mean, you know, I can't predict what uh, indictments might be on the horizon. But, you know, I I think, um, you know, with the case in New York, the 36 felonies that really had to do with filings from – related to the Stormy Daniels case, that didn't seem to affect voters. 
um, the investigations into the Mar-a-Lago situation or even the Atlanta situation. They've been well publicized. But he's in a very strong position to get the Republican nomination at this point. Now, if something comes out around January 6th that is something other than we've heard, that may change some minds. But right now, I'd say that Donald Trump is in good shape in terms of the um, Republican nomination. So you don't think Ron DeSantis poses that huge of a threat? You know, he seems to be running second in most polls. Um, But, you know, we don't seem... He seems to be positioning himself as kind of Donald Trump, too. And I'm not sure that that's going to give any Trump supporters reason to switch from Trump to DeSantis. It's hard to see what the campaign strategy is for DeSantis. I mean, he says, I'm a winner. Um, But Trump supporters seem to be firmly in Trump's camp. DeSantis at least does have time on his side. He's only in his mid-40s, so he could, uh, you know— just wait a little bit longer. That certainly could be part of what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, certainly we have seen that. Uh, Republicans and Democrats in the past have run several times. I mean, Joe Biden ran twice before he won the Democratic nomination and won the presidency. So it's not a bad strategy, just depending on um, how well DeSantis's primaries start. I mean, many of the names we saw in 2016 never got out of the gate, and they have been long since forgotten in terms of presidential candidates. I mean, at this time in 2015, we were thinking Scott Walker and Jeb Bush were shoe-ins for the presidency, and they've faded into the sunset. Yeah, we have certainly never heard of uh, Jeb Bush since then. Uh, One thing that does keep on coming across a lot of people's minds is President Biden, should he be reelected, uh, re-elected, would uh, be president at the age of 86. If Donald Trump is elected again, he'd be president at the age of 84. DeSantis is only in his mid-40s, but looking at polls, it seems like the average voter might not necessarily care about that age gap, given that Trump is still ahead of DeSantis in the polls. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you ask people on the street, does you know someone in their 80s, uh, should someone in their 80s be in high political office? They say no, but then at the same time, polls would indicate that they're still supporting Biden, Trump. You know, even in her last election, Nancy Pelosi was in her 80s, did well, and a number of others. So, you know, I think this is where uh, the generic question about do you like older candidates, people say no, but when it comes down to the specific candidates, people say, well, I like this one. Here in North Carolina, we just have about a minute or so left, but here in North Carolina, two pretty big, uh, big-name legislation pieces are moving their way. Sports betting seems like it's on the verge of becoming law here in North Carolina, as well as uh, some sort of allowing more marijuana here in the state. What are your thoughts on both of those bills? Well, uh, they have been introduced many times in the past, and so there seems to be momentum on the side of both medical marijuana and sports betting. And I think in many ways, what other states have done, even states around North Carolina surrounding us, have done to legalize both has influenced legislators. So I think it's a real possibility that we see medical marijuana legalized in this session and uh, sports betting. So it's a sea change in North Carolina. His name's David McLennan. He's a Meredith College political science professor, a good friend of the show to help us talk about national and uh, statewide political topics. David, thanks for being on the show again. Always good to be with you.